0: podcast, we continue to look at climate policies in the U.S., and today we're going to look at Greta Thunberg and some of her talks. We're going to start off with a talk, I Dare You, How Dare You? Precisely, from Greta. And in her talk, it's implied that the path forward is obvious. We'll kind of listen to her, and there's a lot of what she said is is good. And the emotion and the wanting to do something, I'm all for it. But there's a series of assumptions embedded in what Greta wants us to do. And I think we need to look at those assumptions and ask ourselves, is there something else that has higher priority? Is there something else important? Is there another way of doing things? So we're going to listen to her talk and then stop at little breaks and ask some questions about what she's just said and say, could there be another way of looking at it? So anyway, I'd like you to come along with me on this journey and uh, the first read his talks... That we're going to look at, and see if you also have some questions, and see if the new religion of climate change um, might have some chapters that need to be rewritten. Anyway, this is the Ancient Texan. Let's have a discussion.
1: Your first climate strike was a lonely event a little over a
0: year ago. And in the intervening time, you have sparked the interest of millions, literally, of children around the globe, demanding action for climate change.
1: What's your message to world leaders today? Uh, My message is that we'll be watching you. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction.
0: Okay, one of the first things we want to notice about Greta. Um, She's pretty much playing the victim role here. How dare you? Who's she talking to? I... I think she's talking to world leaders, Um, and she says she shouldn't be up there, but I'm sure it's her choice and her parents' choice. It's a role that she's chosen. I think this is more of a sympathy and gets you on her side from the beginning, which is okay. It's smart, persuasive speaking. She shouldn't be up there And she's one of the lucky ones Because A lot of people are dying Uh, Yeah, a lot of people are dying From homelessness From cancer From Gunshots, wounds in the United States From she would say, from storms, from bad weather, from fires. Um, But this, I think, is a, you know, a more relevant discussion is um, this is a problem, and people are dying. I don't doubt that. But people are dying from many causes and so what we have to ask ourselves is is this you know how do, how does this rank in the world of problems that we have not that it's okay and that we don't need to give up on anybody but for us to like jump on this bandwagon we more or less have to believe that this is this is the right bandwagon to jump on and also, there's a mass extinction. Well, I don't know much about that. I, I have heard the same thing. But I've also heard that a lot of, you know, it's a constant cycle. Animals dying and others you know, taking their place. But I, I tend to believe that that's a valid point, that humans are causing a lot of pain on this planet and killing a lot of people. I don't think it's particularly easy to stop that. And I don't think there's any one person in charge of the world that can turn that off. And I think just by fixing CO2, um, if, if you could turn a magic switch and suck all the CO2 out of the planet in a year, I don't think that would go away. I think that it's more than just... You know, temperature and CO2 deforestation like they have in Nigeria, the worst in the world, that's not going to go away from addressing climate change. What they're doing with deforestation in Nigeria is part of causing climate change. But I don't even think we can get mad at them. They're poor people trying to Stay alive I don't think anybody has a magic Bullet to turn that off But let's, Let's give her the point that You know There is a problem There are Humans are killing A lot of things on this planet So that's Her first Her first significant point In my mind that there's a mass extinction That someone should do something about.
1: And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you!
0: Here's one of her better points, although I don't think, um, I think the drama kind of takes away a little bit from the effectiveness. But the myths of eternal economic growth. We are set up on a system of always having more, very materialistic society. And that is incompatible with taking care of the planet, that we just go on forever. But how you set a limit on what each person should have, and if that's fair, and who determines it and how do you deal with the fact that you know india has an average uh, income of like 2000 a month or something and you know we're looking at western societies 30000 to 50000 60000 a month obviously the 60000 puts more co2 into the air than the 2000 and we're not in any position to Deny. So there, there is, and it's more than a myth. We've actually done quite well in raising living standards around the world. So it's not a myth of eternal growth. Now, maybe the eternal word gets in there that, you know, eventually somewhere in the future. But there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of people, to be fair, deserve, you know, being above... Poverty level and you know about to starve for food every day of their life, not having good water to drink and seeing their kids. I don't think that's okay. I think that's you know coming from their perspective. uh, I think we we want some more economic growth. So on one hand, it it for the rich prosperous nation, this might be a good argument that you know enough is enough. Um, I think it's a kind of a weak argument for the planet. And as a whole, there's still a whole lot of people that uh, I believe we should help get up, you know, have a little better life.
1: For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. then you would be evil,
0: and that I refuse to believe. Here's an assertion by Greta that the science has been clear for 30 years, crystal clear. I don't believe that's true, and I don't believe that it's true at this moment. I think there is enough evidence to say the planet is warming and that human beings are contributing uh, to that warming. I don't necessarily think, though, that... that I think that, that, that puts global warming on the list of problems, Uh, the list of many problems that we have. I don't necessarily think it puts it at the top of the list. I don't think it's an existential crisis. I think an asteroid hitting the Earth is an existential crisis or nuclear war. Or war in general, and also it's a very localized thing. Um, existential crisis for Ukrainians is quite different than it is for Americans at the moment. So, I I think this things are crystal clear, and you have to. She accuses that you know if we. Really believed it and understood it as is implied here. As if we understood it as well as she does, um, we would act. Otherwise, we would be evil. I don't think that's that cut and dried. I think uh, we could believe it and still fail to act because it's not the highest priority. Now, that's a whole nother discussion, and that's a discussion we should be having. We should be making a list of problems that we need to address in the world and start trying to rank them, try to get you know the top 10 problems facing us on this planet and that's affecting the most people and that our efforts could do the most good in alleviating uh, pain and suffering on this planet. For instance, like having vaccines for kids in Africa, Asia, some of the poorer countries. That's got to be on the list. Homelessness, starvation right now. There's a lot of people starving right now because of the war in Ukraine. And the right way we're going with our, some of our climate solution, there's going to be a lot more people starving. So I, th- I think we need to put them on the list too. So I, I don't, I I think this is a particularly weak argument and, you know, doesn't carry much weight to me. I'm willing to acknowledge it's a mistake, mistake. I'm willing to acknowledge it's a problem and put it on the list. I think we have a long way to go here between putting it on the list and where it ranks on the list. I think that discussion hasn't happened yet.
1: The popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees at the risk of setting up irreversible chain reactions beyond human control. 50% may be acceptable to you, but those numbers do not include tipping points, most feedback loops, additional warming hidden by toxic air pollution or the aspects of equity and climate justice. They also rely on my generation sucking hundreds of billions of tons of your CO2 out of the air with technologies that barely exist. Okay, on this
0: uh, little cut, she says the popular idea of cutting emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of avoiding the 1.5 degrees C um, temperature increase. Well, I would say first that's that. She's talking about a model; it's not necessarily reality. There is a model. There are many models. Some of the models predict this, and I think this is, you know, kind of the middle of the road. What's widely expect accepted, um, and then she talks about the risk of. Irreversible chain reactions and tipping points, feedback loops. Uh, Yeah, there's risk of everything. I don't know how big a risk those are. And I don't know if we should panic. Because I'm pretty sure we're not cutting emissions 50% in the next 10 years. This was 2019, 2029. That's six years from now. No, it's not gonna happen. So if if these are reality, we're kinda of screwed. I don't think they're necessarily reality, and I don't even think they're necessarily um probabilities. But is, is that is she accurately representing um where the major not even the majority of the scientists Is she accurately representing a school of thought that many environmentalists take? The answer, sadly, is probably yes. But there are also groups of environmentalists that would disagree with the majority. And I think majority in science is not a... Not a strong card. Uh, Science, weather, climate change, reality, uh, doesn't much care about democracy. Doesn't really matter if everyone in the company thinks a new process is going to work. I do R&D and process development and I'm very seldom in the majority. I'm the minority. So, But it doesn't really matter, this idea of what's implied here is the, the democratic majority of scientists believe something. I don't think that's, unfortunately, I don't think we can just take a vote especially with scientists that are being funded to do research um, that's primarily funded, if you agree with actually what Greta's saying. So she's probably doing a pretty good job expressing um, the popular political religion on climate change right now. But then she she talks about her generation being responsible for sucking out the CO2. CO2 is actually a measure in a crude sort of way of the progress we've made in going from being a planet that's really poor with most of the people starving and not hardly being able to feed themselves and living 30 or 40 years long um, at the beginning of industrialization. That's not that long ago, like 1900 type type time period where the majority of people on this planet were really super poor. And in that time period, yes, we put CO2 in the air, but we've raised the standard of living, the amount of food available, um, and we've given a lot of people a pretty good life on this planet, myself included. So, Yes, someone may have to eventually suck out the CO2, although my guess, my opinion is that we need to put stop putting the CO2 in the air and then let um, the trees and the natural vegetation on this planet uh, take the CO2 out. Um I cannot not ever imagine in my wildest dreams from an engineering viewpoint that it's going to be economical to suck CO2 out of the air. Now you can suck CO2 out of a an exhaust of a power plant or a coal plant or something because it's concentrated and the economics are you know if the if the CO2 is you know 10,000 times more concentrated it's 10,000 more times economical. That's maybe a little, may not be linear like that, but we're talking about taking PPM levels of CO2 out of the air versus percent levels of CO2 that's in a, an exhaust um, and pretty high percent CO2. So the cost difference of those two is just, I refuse to believe that uh, sucking it out of the, Environment. Although I know people are working on that kind of technology And they're trying to sell it and get investors I just think that's the biggest waste of money on the planet Anyway, uh, she has benefited from the CO2 And the standard of living um, that she's inherited And she has a pretty cush life So getting angry about the CO2 is like getting angry that we had industrialization and that we got to this point. Now, could we have been smarter and paid attention sooner? Yes, we could have. Uh, But we didn't. Uh, But that's just put it on the list of problems and things that humanity does wrong. Uh, I don't think... She has a right to be the victim if she's going to accept a nice warm house with electricity and uh, a car to drive around in when she gets 16. I don't think she can get too angry at us for helping to put food on her table and everyone else's. Um, I'm one of the old dudes here. And I'm not taking that on my shoulders, and I'm not feeling guilty about it. We did it. Could have been smarter. Could have done it another way. But this is what happened, and we weren't smart enough. That's nothing new for humanity. We're seldom smart enough to know know, the consequences of everything we're doing. But anyway, uh, so I, I... take pretty strong exception to this whole line of thought by her.
1: So a 50% risk is simply not acceptable to us, we who have to live with the consequences. To have a 67% chance of staying below a 1.5 degrees of global temperature rise, the best odds given by the IPCC the world had 420 gigatons of CO2 left to emit back on January 1st, 2018. Today, that figure is already down to less than 350 gigatons. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual and some technical solutions? With today's emissions levels, that remaining CO2 budget will be entirely gone within less than eight and a half years. There will not be any solutions or plans presented in line with these figures here today because these numbers are too uncomfortable and you are still not mature enough to tell it like it is. You are failing us, but the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you. And if you choose to fail us, I say, we will never forgive you.
0: There's some more bookkeeping here um, about CO2 and what's going to happen. Uh, but the general message here is that we are failing her um, and her generation by not taking the problem seriously. Yeah, there is some of that. I mean, I we, we should act as humans should get their act together in a lot of areas, and this is just one of them. Um, so she also makes a couple of comments, which I don't quite follow about that we think some technical solution uh, is all that's required. Well, I, I think there are a lot of technical solutions. Everything we're doing with with CO2 is technical solutions. I mean, making solar panels and windmills and dams, those are all technical slash engineering solutions. That's the only kind of solutions I think that we have. Um Are we doing business as as usual? Probably. I mean, I think that's a fair comparison. I think we're a fair comparison, fair statement. Um, We run on a profit, and we think that's the most important thing in the world. And it's not. Uh, And it shows up in the, Climate policies or the lack of climate policies in action, but it shows up everywhere. Uh, we do as humans need to learn that there's something other than profits. I don't have a problem with that statement. But this is in general just um, beating on the people that are in power. Although I think there needs to be a discussion about you know who's responsible for what here moving forward, Um, and the it it a point made. I think we put it on the table. We need to discuss uh, this problem and what we need to do about it, and we've, we've been doing that. And we're going to go in future talks and look at a little bit of the um, Paris Climate Accords and things that we've agreed to. And I think you're going to find that they're equally lacking in detail. Um And they're not a very coordinated uh, or engineered approach to uh, addressing climate change. So I I think she's actually doing a pretty accurate job of the you know where the world is right now, which actually is pretty scary that this this is like where the world is right now. Um, but it is what it is.
1: Let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up. And change is coming, whether you like it or not. Thank you.
0: Okay, let's take a deep breath. Um, Greta, I think, represents... tone of the environmental climate change um, activist, that we that are in charge of the world, which I don't consider myself one of those we's, I think I have opinion and I have a voice, but it's not a very effective a voice, apparently. Just no one's lining up to ask me what to do about it all. Um. There's a blame that, you know, we need to blame the people that have put the CO2 in the air and that they were irresponsible and they need to take action and stop doing it. Um. And there's an anger at those people. Well, it's asking a lot. It's a it's a big ask, and it's a big ask with not an an obvious way to proceed. Um. We've got a lot of magic bullets being floated out there, electric cars right at the top of the list, and we'll talk about that one day, but they shouldn't be at the top of the list, but they are. So she's expressing the anger of her generation against my generation. I'll take the heat. But, like a point I've made earlier, there, you know, with the CO2 also came an increased standard of living from the verge of starvation in 1900 to a lot of us eating pretty well right now. A lot of us dressing pretty warmly, living in warm homes, driving nice cars. Uh, in the 75 years I've been on this planet, it's been a lot of improvement. Life is a lot easier. We've got problems now that are mostly self-induced. Yeah. Not caring and loving and stuff. Not the problems we have are only secondarily technical problems because we're our technical ability is absolutely amazing. Um, and if we set our mind to it, we can solve climate warming and a lot of other problems we have to rank it though and spend our money carefully we do not have unlimited resources Uh, you have to look at where CO2 is expanding right now with the countries eight countries in Africa as we've talked about before and Indonesia, China India still building coal plants there's uh, there's where the real pain is and the real agony um, and we're also not in this world at a place where we recognize co2 is global if it's Easiest to stop a pound of CO2 going into the air and cheaper in the middle of India than it is in the middle of the U.S. That's where the buck should be spent. That concept, that we have to spend money where it's most effectively does some good, uh, independent of national borders. We need a long talk about that. And I don't think most people are willing to swallow that pill. They're willing to let the CO2 keep bellowing out in a new plant in India and not help them. Or Nigeria. And if we could spend $1 and get 10 pounds of CO2 out in Nigeria and spend one dollar here and only get one pound out most Americans would spend one dollar and get one pound out and I think until we cross that bridge we don't have a chance in hell of solving this problem so yeah I understand her anger and frustration but we got 8 billion people going up to 10 billion over the next uh, couple of decades, that we've got to get on the same page and get a master plan. Getting a master plan together is, wow, that's hard. Executing that that master plan is probably a lot easier than putting it together. And I would argue that our money right now should be spent on putting that master plan together. I mean, some serious engineering studies with countries that are representing different, you know, positions in this wealth structure that exists around our our planet from, you know, the lucky ones of us that live in the United States or Canada or some developed country to the those that are cutting down wood in Nigeria and nearly starving to death, uh, all of our interests have to be represented. And we have to agree on one concept, that we're going to spend our dollars as effectively as we can to solve the CO2 problem. If we can't do that, we're gonna waste a lot of money and not gonna make much project, progress. But if we can agree on that one concept, that we're gonna spend our money on CO2, solutions that are the most effective, that would be huge. And number two I think um, we would need to agree on where the CO2 global warming problem ranks with other problems like nuclear proliferation the war in Ukraine starvation poverty in general and what's what What's the overlap there? What? Um, where do we take our bucks and spend them to do the most good? That concept needs to be added to the to the pot. Spend the money where it does the most good. And two. Identify where to best spend our money on the CO2 global warming problem. Those two concepts, if we just agreed on the concept, sorting it out, that's a whole nother can of worms. But we first have to agree that we're going to try to spend our money effectively Identify which problems need to be solved, and then systematically as a planet of caring people, address those problems. I don't think we have the luxury of taking Greta's position that she knows the answer to these questions therefore should follow her uh, down this road because I don't think we've had the bigger discussion yet. At least I missed it. So this is the Ancient Texan um, just looking at the first of Greta's talk. We've got a long way to go on this discussion, but this is number three in the series. I hope you have a good year and let hope humanity can make some progress and Things like the war in Ukraine and coming I mean, food shortage from that war. And get back to global warming. Anyway, this is the ancient dumb Namaste.